Hello and welcome to the Greg Fearon podcast with your host Greg Fearon and today I have the awesome Gia Lilly who is the high performance life coach. Gia how are you? Hi Greg I'm very well thank you and oh my goodness thank you for having me. That's a pleasure it's a pleasure we've been trying to sort this out for a while so yeah. We're here now. <laughs> we, we made it we made it. So do you want to just intro yourself to the listeners and just tell people what you do and how you do it? Sure. So, um, as you've said, and I love the fact that you, you've pronounced my name correctly, it is Gia Lily, and I am a life coach essentially to high achieving and high performing individuals who may be um, professionals and even in corporate spaces. I have also worked with the solopreneurs too, so I've got a, quite a wide range of people that I've worked with in different settings, so it's exciting. Um, it's been fast paced, but uh, we, I essentially really look at the different uh, life challenges which my clients have been going through or trying to negotiate while trying to be, you know, this amazing high performer in the workplace as well. And as we know, work life balance, whatever you want to call it, it's hard. Mm. Right? It's hard. And so I'm here to help with the with the recalibration of that. So that's what I do, essentially. Awesome. Does life, does work-life balance even exist? Like, do you ever get it to balance up? Disclaimer, right? <laughs> and, and, and truth bomb right here. No, it doesn't. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, it, it really doesn't. Um, and, and that's where half the struggle is, unfortunately. Mm. What, be, what people looking for this mythical life work balance that just doesn't actually exist no because you know life is going to throw different things at you and that certain things are going to become different priorities at different times it's about how to navigate through that I mean I talk about that in in my book as well especially like if you've been working from home as well mm -hmm. that's another layer of challenges right there right and and part of that obviously is like how we take care of ourselves or don't take care of ourselves which is part of what we're talking about here today aren't we yeah because i imagine a lot of your clients are like you say they're high performing people they want to be the best at what they do but they'll often neglect their health and that has repercussions to everything else right oh my goodness yes absolutely it's like oh i've got to meet these goals you know these kpis need to be met i've got to hit this and i've got to do that you know and it's all for the company, like you want to be the, the best, you want to get that promotion or whatever the case might be. But unfortunately, it starts to happen at the cost of your own health and well-being and even your relationships. Ooh. So, yeah, really tell got me, to address that. Tell me more. Tell me more about the relationships bit. Like, that's, that's a deep topic. It really is. And uh, do you really want me to put my former relationship coach's hat on for this yeah, one? Listen, bring, bring your A-game. Let's go. Yeah, talk to me about that. Let's <laughs> well, go. This it, right. This is what we do, right? Bring our A-game. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. When we're not taking care of our health, it does affect our relationships, right? Mm -hmm. In what way, though? What way have you seen it happen to people that you worked with? Oh, my goodness. So, like, let's say high performer on overdrive. And listen, I I'm talking about this from a space of having been there myself. So the one thing I really um, try to be very mindful of when I'm working with my clients is not to come across as being judgmental or anything like that. 
I've been there. I've worked through it and it's been hard. So I totally get it. And sometimes we just don't know what we don't know, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when we're in our place of being hyper-focused and saying, yeah, you know, I've got to do this. I've got this presentation. I've, you know, got all these work pressures on me. And, and what can happen in the process is that you can end up um, unwittingly pushing your loved ones away. And now suddenly they feel like they, they, they are coming last. Mm. And now you're wondering why your spouse is getting upset with you, why things might not be going great in the bedroom or nothing happening in the bedroom, mm. right? Or your kids feeling neglected because, like, you're so tired and stressed that you're not fun to be around. Yep. So, you know, those are the kinds of repercussions we're looking at. I love it. So what are the, what's the biggest challenge that your clients come to you with? What do you see as being the big thing that they just really all struggle with? The, the, the common denominator in everything is like, oh my gosh, like I'm spent. I'm giving everything I possibly can to my kids, my spouse or my boyfriend or whatever the case might be. You're like every area, you know, my ladies are stretched. And, and, you know, they're trying to be Wonder Woman as much as she possibly can because, like, society has this weird idea that she should be able to do all these things. I've got right? a question. Because I, 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 I have this, obviously, I coach ladies. Yeah. And I, always, I often ask them, who says you have to be Wonder Woman? Right. Are you the same? Like, yeah. Yeah, I you know, but even I had to ask myself that question. It's like, Gia, why do you feel like you have to do everything? Mm -hmm. So I've I've had words with myself too. I totally get it. <laughs> and and how do you help? How do you help these ladies get past that? Because that is that is that Wonder Woman identity is so stuck onto a lot of ladies. You know, and it seems to be more prevalent now more than ever. Okay, especially with our ladies in management. Mm. right and I and I've seen this firsthand you know I have sisters who are senior management in in the retail industry mm -hmm. I so sometimes like I see this mentality creep in in the house you know yeah. <laughs> um so yeah I mean now okay I don't really want to be talking about the whole feminism thing but you know let let's be honest here mm -hmm. sometimes what can happen is because we're because some of the women that, that I've worked with I've been so gung-ho about being the best in everything they do mm -hmm. they're stepping more into their masculine energy and and what that can do is unfortunately that can essentially disarm the man in their life mm -hmm. like what am I here for then you know, not myself, I mean, like, the man in their life. It's like, okay, yeah. well, you know, where's my place? Mm. I, I, I guess I guess being a man, I can see that happening. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, because we, we have, we see the labels of the strong, independent woman and all that stuff, and, and which is awesome, it should happen. But sometimes like, yes. it goes a step too far. And you're like, but then these ladies wonder why they're stuck. Yeah. And then getting nothing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and it's like with everything, there are extremes, aren't there? So that's just something to be very careful of. 
mm-hmm. when we're when we're trying so hard, we could actually end up doing more harm than good. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes as as women, we can essentially be enabling. So it's okay, you know, I'll do it, I'll do it. Sometimes it's easier, and sometimes because we're just tired of nagging to try and get it done. Oh, okay. Let's Shots, be honest. Fi- Shots fired. All right. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> no, no, no. It's cool. It's all right. It's, it's fun. No, this is a good conversation because I think there definitely there's a different switch between men and women. Like men, I'll speak for the men. Mm-hmm. We'll come in. We'll sit down. That's it. The workday is over. Yes. We, we're not. We're not thinking about the dishes and all that stuff. It's just not. If, as far as we're concerned, we're like the day's done. Work's over. Yep. But I guess for a lot of of women they take on this i have to own my household and everything needs to be perfect and all that stuff there can be an element of that most definitely and as you've you've pointed out it is it is easier for men to have and i hate generalizing like that what what i've noticed so from what i have noticed yeah um just like from relationship dynamics that i've been in clients are in have been in what have you Right. It, it does seem to be that men have a, a, a much clearer demarcation line between, OK, so that's work and this is home. Work is where I just crush it. Home is where I come to relax. Hmm. Right. Um, not so much of a demarcation like that, uh, you know, a stark a, a line like that now where people are hybrid or homeworking. Yes. Actually. However. Oh, <laughs> Oh, sorry about this. There we go. Um, <laughs> see, these right. gazillion alarms that go off for us, ladies, because like we've got to do this and we've got to have, you know, right? Mm. Um, so, real life example, right there. I have two different alarms telling me two different things about two different, you know, uh, commitments or what have you. But I forgot to turn them off because we are here right now discussing, you know, the sort of the health and relationships angle uh, and how that affects our household right mm. and so we were saying yes there there seems to be a clearer demarcation line for men in terms of yep yeah, well i can switch off now i'm at home or there there seems to be an easier cutoff point and say right i'm going to stop working now now i'm going to join my home for family time or whatever or like go out for a beer or watch the football or whatever you want to do right yeah but for the ladies like especially like you've got children in the house you know, it's it's easier for dad to go get his uh, free time, but not so easy for mum because um, with children, the first person they'll run to is mum. So there's motherhood duties, right? Mm-hmm. So you never switch off from that. So once you're at work, you're working. Once you're at home, you're mothering. You know, it's like women don't actually stop until their head hits the pillow at night. Mm. That's when they stop. And even then, sometimes it's just going around in your heads, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm, Okay, got it. So these high performers that you work with, Mm -hmm. I'm sure they're awesome people. They are. They're amazing. I love them. I love my clients. (laughs) Hey, if they work with you, they've got to be a little bit awesome, right? Oh, thank you, Greg. (laughs) I wouldn't have you here. But I guess the question is, is then, how do we get these high performers to perform better? Because that's, I guess they've come to you feeling like they're burnt out. They can't achieve more. So how do you help them get that extra 10%, 20%, whatever it is they're looking for? 
How do you do that? It might sound really simple. Actually, it might sound really hard. It depends on how you view it. And, you know, one of the things we do actually within the coaching is the mindset element. But mm-hmm. one way of doing that is really checking in with your boundary system. Do you even have one in place? Mm-hmm. Right? Because that's important. You've got to have boundaries for what you're saying yes to, what you're saying no to, and, and how long you're doing things for as well. Got it. That's one way. So the, are these people guilty of, well, these ladies guilty of just doing too much? Yes, out, out of obligation most of the time. Mm-hmm. And is, is there also a thing about not being really clear about what they want? Because that, that's something I see a lot, you know, mm. like I want to lose weight and I, and I have to dig and actually understand what's the root cause. Yeah. Like, what are you really trying to do? I want to run a marathon. Well, why do you want to run a marathon? What, mm-hmm. what? I just want to run it. Well, what will that give you? And you have to really drill. So you must mm. that a lot too, right? Yes. Yes, definitely. And and one thing that I've noticed, like with the ladies who come to me, is more around self-image, actually. Okay. You know? So so there is part of the people-pleasing aspect to this too. Hmm. I mean, not so much with the kids, because, yeah, you can put in some discipline. And, yeah, and no, they're not going to every single school trip, you know, going, you know, because that that costs money time your child in somebody else's care or all sorts of things that are going through your mind with with that one but what I mean is like so that one might be easier to say no to things like that too but when it comes to um saying yes to yourself this is the most important part of it it's actually saying yes to the things that you want and that includes taking care of your health and well-being too Greg so Mm -hmm. and that's a big one well it's a massive part I mean for me I spend most of my time not dealing with nutrition or training. It's more about helping the ladies I work with to put themselves as, you know, as important as they can. Yeah. So how, what, 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 have you got any special advice or tips that people can use to say, I heard this podcast with Gia and she was awesome. <laughs> and I learned this thing from her to help me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, drop me some, drop me some knowledge bombs. Drop me some knowledge bombs. Okay. <laughs> So going back to the whole theme about taking care of you and and bringing yourself back into the picture as a priority, the first part is actually seeing yourself as a priority as well, Mm -hmm. right? And not putting yourself last anymore. Because you know what it's like when you're juggling so many balls, you're eventually going to drop a lot of them. But when it comes to you... You've got to make yourself a priority because without you, there's nothing else. So you are the common denominator in everything. You want to perform well at work? You've got to take care of you. You want to be a great wife or partner? You've got to take care of you. Hmm. You want to be an amazing parent? You've got to take care of you first. And I think often what happens is, like you said, the obligation piece and it's that um, if I don't look after everyone, then I'm a bad person. Mm. Is that something you see? It's something that I've experienced in the past. Tell us more. Uh, sorry? Tell us more. Tell you more. Um, well, you know, as women, we can put pressure on ourselves. And, and something that I did um, was the fact that I felt like I always had to be over 
compensating, if you like. I mean, let's just, you know, put our cards on the table here. You know, I, I know where I've been, so, so I totally get it. Um, and so for me, um, many years ago, and, and this does tie into the whole thing about health, wellness, and putting yourself first, and then obviously like the whole dynamic around what your lifestyle looks like, you know, what your family dynamic looks like as well. So for me, um, I was diagnosed very young, but I was, I was 19 when I was di diagnosed with uh, chronic illness, mm -hmm. uh, specifically Crohn's disease. So it's a digestive disorder, right? Mm -hmm. And so food became a huge problem for me. Um, so I had quite a volatile relationship with food. Mm -hmm. And and so, um, you know, and we know that food and emotions have a very close link, don't we? Yep. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. And so with that, you know, I felt, well, somehow I I started to identify with being, you know, someone with Crohn's disease as opposed to Gia, this amazing high performing woman. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, and I used to actually be a, a former sportswoman like a junior so okay. i could have gone into the olympics if i carried on but you know this thing this this illness got in the way you know i, I gosh let me tell you i thought it was such an inconvenience <laughs> that's how i viewed it it's like listen i'm doing great you know i'm performing i've got a really promising career ahead of me and now it's freaking disease what do i do right so for the most part i was struggling with that and this is important because it was like a case of struggling with two identities. Mm -hmm. And this is quite common. It's something that I've seen in the ladies that I work with as well. It's like, well, you know, I'm this brilliant person, this brilliant professional, but at home in my life, I feel almost powerless. It's like, I don't have control over that. Mm. So for me, people pleasing came into it. It's like, because, uh, and I'll be honest here, like, when you have a chronic illness and it affects your life, for me, it actually affected my, my health, my well-being, even the way I perceived myself, like my appearance, mm. right? And so when that happens, you know, you start to doubt yourself, then you start to doubt your abilities. Yeah. And when you're doubting your abilities, you almost, you, you start to overcompensate, you know, you don't want to believe that somehow that you've got a, a flaw. Listen, when you're a <laughs> when you're a high achiever, and I've no again, I've noticed this with some of my ladies, mm -hmm. there have been elements of perfectionism that have come in mm -hmm. because they're holding on to this deeper story that somehow they're not good enough as they are. Yep. Right. And so this is where the overcompensation comes from. I got to do well at work. I've got to be the best spouse ever. I've got to do this. I've got to be the best child, the this, the that, the whatever. And quite honestly, that is really unhealthy. Mm. Because it just continues to drive your... Um, you know, the, the levels of stress, and mm. we all know what stress does to your body. It's mm -hmm. horrible. Yeah, if you let it run rampant, for sure. Yeah, especially chronic stress. You know, it affects the way you think. 
you know, literally, like you can't focus for long periods of time when you are stressed out. Mm, very true. Very, very true. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, all sorts of things. So um, do you want to talk a little bit about the, the effects of uh, stress on the body? You know, like. Yeah, shoot. Oh, listen, just go no, no, I'm, I'm asking you to. Yeah, you know, yeah, go as, ahead. Listen, you, you're go in pro, so I'm good to go. Let's go. Yeah, talk about it. Because I think that's a. I think we we forget in this society how stressed we are. Um, we don't realise it a lot of the time. We're just being hyper stimulated all the time. Yeah, we don't realise it. Let me let me share with you. Actually, um, I didn't like the thing is like with with me, I love being on the go. Like I am one of these people. One of the two to three percent really thrive on pressure because it gets me going. I get stuff done, and I feel great. But at what point do you know when you're actually stressed rather than running on on a high? You know, this is a really good question. And one thing that I notice for myself, and it's really important, you know, this is one thing I would say to the ladies and anyone else listening out there, is that you've really got to be aware of what your stresses are. What triggers you? What are your telltale signs that, oh, well, I'm stressed out now, you know. Are you clenching your jaw, for mm. instance? You know, you're grinding your teeth without even realising it. You know, that that's one way. But one thing that I've noticed, and actually it's through diet that I noticed it. I did it a couple of days ago, okay. right? I'm not a – I don't usually drink coffee. So for me, when I'm reaching for coffee, I know I'm stressed. Got it. Right. So just be mindful. I mean, like you can correct me on this, Greg, but from as far as I understand it, um, things like donuts, very sugary foods, highly fatty foods, higher um, amounts of caffeine are all indicators Like when you're naturally reaching for them. All, are all indicators that your body is stressed and it's saying, give me this food. I need energy quick. Yeah, pretty often what happens, and this is something I've seen a lot, is when there's an emotion, mm -hmm. so people will say that stress has made them eat. Mm. The stress hasn't actually made them eat. It's the thought of dealing with the stress mm. has, has, has now created a way to deal with not having to deal with the stress. So I'll go and eat something fatty, sugary, whatever. Instead, yep. right? Yep. got it yeah yeah i love that distinction yeah i love that distinction but yeah it's i caught myself doing it a couple of days ago I thought, uh oh gee you're stressed you need to mm. calm down <laughs> and this is why i'll get people to do food diaries right because mm. you'll see so you'll, you'll see patterns um yeah. and you probably had to do this for your crohn's as well i like, did it yeah. was a rigorous process for me <laughs> mm. And how did you manage to over? Well, you don't really overcome Crohn's fully, but how have you managed to deal with it and live with it and live? Because I think yeah. a lot of ladies will will have some form of chronic illness, and they'll be like, they, like you said, they they identify as I'm diabetic, identify mm. IBS rather than the person who they actually are. Right. So yes. how how do you deal with that in your head? Well, for me. Because I was healthy before all of that kicked off, I, I had a healthy point of reference to go back to. Mm -hmm. And actually, having that healthy point of reference 
And if any of you ladies like feel like, yeah, you know, I used to be, you know, um, that I used to be, you know, the sort of sports representative at my college or what have you, and you're listening to this, and that was your past identity. What I did, and you know, what I encourage you to do, if it feels right for you to do that, and if you want to go that way, is to actually tap back into that part of your your personality and, and the traits that you picked up back then, mm. right? And bring them forward to now. Because let me tell you, Greg, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be going for the Olympics anytime soon because I don't want to do that. Even if I've met and fit all the criteria, that's not what I want to do right now. Mm-hmm. But the fact that once upon a time I was a junior athlete and swimmer, I cultivated certain habits, um, certain ways of eating and, you know, being in love with certain types of food, which, which helped me to have that energy and to have a particular physique. I'm still bringing all of that into my life now, even though I'm not running on the track or swimming in a pool like that anymore. I guess there's a lot of ladies, though, who might think, well, you know, it's been a while since I've had the identity, so I, yeah. don't, I don't know how to get it back. Yeah, that, that's very true. Um, you know, and it was a while ago that I had the identity, and bearing in mind that was when I was like 15, 16, and I'm now like 45, so 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. But how, how, how do I say this? Um, you know, if do you have pictures of yourself from back then? Mm-hmm. Because when we are stimulated through old pictures, you know, we get our memory back about like, you know, those were the times when I was fit, when I was healthy, when I did this and I had this lifestyle. And it felt great. Yeah. And we hold on to that feeling. Because let me tell you, Greg. All those years, like 20 odd years of having had really nasty Crohn's disease mm-hmm. and the doctors were throwing like a really hardcore toxic medication at me, hoping it will go away and settle down. Shall I tell you what put it into remission? Mm-hmm. Go on. Diet, lifestyle. Every damn time. <laughs> I'm telling you, I remember this time I walked into the consultant's office and A, they were shocked to see how well I was because there's a doctor reading my my medical file and thinking, oh gosh, you know, she looks like a really, really severe case, Hmm. you know. And so they've got this picture in their mind about what they're going to see when when she comes through the door, you know. (laughs) And there's me saying, hi, doctor, how are you? (laughs) Fine. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hi, how are you? And I'm out there shaking their hands or whatever. And they're like gobsmacked. Mm. I remember one doctor actually said to me, like, I've just been reading your file and you look fantastic. (laughs) You know, he wasn't expecting that. He was very open and said, well, I think you'd be a lot sicker than you are. Mm. What is your secret? He said to me. Share your secret. (laughs) And so here's the secrets, ladies. Right. Um, I cleaned up my diet. I came off the medications. Don't do that without, uh, you know, proper advice, uh, you know, guidance, please, ladies. Fortunately for me, I've always been a nerd and I was studying 
to go into medicine. So I had a little bit of a clue about what I was doing on my own. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I, I wouldn't sort of advise that. But, um, you know, so for me, I cleaned up my diet with expert advice, you know, with nutritionists, with dietitians, and, and then with an actual nutrition coach I have right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's been a it's been a process for me. So that was one thing I did. The other thing actually was getting rid of toxic people. Woo. Yep. Toxic relationships. Yeah. Right. So these are friends who are no good for you. Bit harder with colleagues if you have to share a workspace, but that's a whole other conversation. You can you can leave that job if if that job is so toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if it's one or two people, it's a different story. But like, if it's like the whole department, or whatever, and yeah. in the trenches of it, then yeah, why stay? Yeah, you go. Yeah. But yes, absolutely. Like, just essentially, like cleaning up your life. Mm. But definitely, um, uh, diet was a huge one for me. Huge. And having the right people around you to support that journey is crucial. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did, I wanted to clean up my diet for two things. One, because I hated being 30 pounds overweight. Because mm-hmm. I packed on a, a difference of 30 pounds from when I used to be athletic to the point of where I'm on um, oral steroids to come and deal with the aggressive Crohn's disease. So I put on all this weight, Right. And, and it's hard to shift when you are taking 40 milligrams of, of prednisolone like every day and stepping it down over a course of six months. Mm-hmm. Now, steroids can make you very, very hungry. Yep. It's one of the side effects. Mm-hmm. And you, like you get a, a moon face and like you, you start swelling up and like it's not, it wasn't attractive for me. When I looked in the mirror, I hated how I looked, mm-hmm. you know? And I thought, well, all the time on these tablets, I'm not going to get any better. I'm not going to look any different. Yeah. You know? At that point, I was so, um, what's the word now? Downhearted. But like, I, I felt like in despair. I thought, well, if these tablets are making me put on this weight, then what can I do about it? You know, I can't Mm. come off them yet. It's not time to come off them. What can I do? Mm. And so there was this frustration that really fueled my journey to getting my health right. I hated being on steroids. I didn't feel like me, right? Um, And it certainly affected my work and Mm. it affected my relationship or the quality of my relationship as well. I mean, at the time, bearing in mind, right. So uh, um, at that time, I was with someone who wasn't supportive with my health and wellness journey. Right, got it. Which doesn't help. Mm. It's important to have people on your side when you're going through a transformation with your health and well-being, right? Yep. Have you found that as well with your clients? Yeah, well, it's one of the first things I ask people is, like, who needs to know that we're doing this? Mm. And I've been known to have partners on the phone and be like, right, let's talk about it. Like, how are you going to support her in this journey? Yeah. You know, what's going to change about what they're doing? This is the partner. Because yes, 
you know, if you go, if she, that person, that woman tries to do it on her own, it's not going to happen. Mm. I love the fact that you are um, bringing the partner into the process as well. So important. Mm. So important. But it's it's always interesting when, because, you know, we deal with people who are, who have income and money to spend and invest mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. And then, and I'm going to bring this up. This is an interesting point. Mm -hmm. it's often, a, I need to speak to my husband. Oh, before, yeah, yeah, yeah. That objection. Before I do it. And I, I understand where it comes from. And there's going to be a minority of ladies who really do need to speak like that's just the way that things work, which is sure. cool. Yeah, because of their relationship dynamic, which is understandable, yeah. right? Understandable, totally get it. But I think often it's a nice, easy way to have not had a conversation with your other half about the change that you want to go through and that you need support. Because you then end up not having the conversation and you bury it for another two years until it gets to a problem again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. No, I totally agree. And you know, and just by including your spouse in the process can bring you closer together. Yep, because you're on the same page. Exactly. You're working as a team now. Mm. So important. Definitely. Definitely. Oh, Greg, if I met you 20 years ago, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but anyway, you know, well, actually, um, yeah, maybe not. I'm saying maybe not like that because actually that person wasn't the right person for me anyway. But if it was the right person, then that would have been a great situation to be in, like with that supportive process. Yeah. But um, uh, what I'd love to share with you, though, that as we're talking about partners being part of the supportive process and, and something else, you know, do you um, do you ever get questions around the perception of diet and what the spouse might think that might be? Like, oh, gosh, this diet's been so boring. Oh, gosh, we've all got to eat the same thing. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> the, the word diet causes people to go into anaphylactic shock. It's yeah. Like, um, and I, I just look at people and say, look, whatever, whatever the situation, everyone in the world at this moment in time has a diet. Mm. You're like, no, 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 I'm not a diet. Well, you are. Just yes. It's the word diet's been hijacked by marketing for companies to sell weight loss products. Yeah. Everyone has a diet. Like your cat has a diet of cat food. Your dog yeah. has a diet of dog food. A snake has a diet of frogs and mice. I don't know. But everyone has a diet. Yeah, of course. It's just what you eat every day. That's it. Exactly. It is what you eat every day. Absolutely. And, I and think usually out of it, what we habitually eat every day, and this is the part where things need to change and yes. it had to change for me as well you know I was saying earlier on about um feeling helpless when I was looking in the mirror and thinking oh god you know I, I don't like this steroid body you know how am I going to get back to athletic gear again right mm. and you know I'm, I'm, I've been on and off I had been at that point on and off for uh, 10 years with steroids because of the flare-ups that I was having so that, okay let's get to the root cause of this what's causing the flare-ups so stress was obviously a very big one that came along. And, and then the stressors around the stress, one of them happened to be the person I was with at the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we go deeper, 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 don't we? So, you know, to get to, to what the, the real problems were. But moving forward, any, like when I had to get on steroids the next time around, next time around, because first of all, like I would eat anything 
on an indiscriminate basis. Like, it's food. I'm hungry. I want it now. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I want this food. I'm going to eat it. I don't care if it's unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Feed me, right? Be like Tui from Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so, <laughs> and so, um, that's how it was until I made a different decision. Mm -hmm. Until I made different choices. And I remember going to my doctor really stressed about this. I said, Doc, this is how I talk to my doctors. <laughs> I said, Doc, look, you know, what am I going to do about this weight gain? And, and weirdly, he said something really simple. It was like, okay, when you've got the munchies, munch on apples, munch on nuts you know walnuts whatever he said but you know if you'll change what you're eating like you'll still you know if you really feel like you can't help it with the steroids making you really hungry just be more discriminate about what you're eating and that completely changed the game for me I, I, that, that's awesome I think I think the problem with the world at the minute is that people want to have the shape that they want, but not eat, have to eat the food that they know they have to eat. Mm, I've been there too. I get it. We've, we've all been there. And I think until people understand that, yeah, you don't have to give up everything. No. But 80 to 90% of your diet needs to be good single ingredient foods. Like we can't escape it. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to, like, restriction becomes a bad word for people, but. Mm. You have to restrict something, right? You can't stay up and watch Netflix all night. You no. have to restrict it. Or you're going to be very tired. Right. Well, honestly, I, I'm, a, I'm a bigger fan of the word in moderation. Mm. See, moderation is a difficult word too. Why is that? Talk to right, us. Tell me about your moderation. I'll tell you about my moderation. But that's the problem. People hear the word moderation. Yeah. And the moderation that they think they have is probably what's got them in trouble in the first place. Ah, uh, yes, different perceptions of, of moderation. Yeah. yeah, I get it. But restriction just feels so like it's holding you back. But then there's, there's always times you have to restrict stuff, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we apply it to, yeah. us to just the food. We don't apply it to the fact that we we can't sit on our phones for hours and hours and hours because we're never getting mm -hmm. So you have to restrict it. It's... No, so, I understand. It's like having a, again, like we were saying about having a demarcation line, like we said yeah. earlier, having a hard stop. Boundaries again. Here we go. It all comes back down to these boundaries. It for the does. Can't get away from them. No. So before we leave. Yeah. Leave the people that listen to this podcast with four of your gems of advice that they can go and implement now. implement right now or you know easily they can they can start they can get started and if they get stuck then they contact you okay well um well first of all it's about being honest about checking where you are at right now mm -hmm. and if you actually have any goals for the future like in terms of your health and well-being and where you want to be and what that looks like mm -hmm. yeah so i i tend to Leave people with guiding questions rather than do this, do that. You know, I, I'm not a very prescriptive kind of person like that. Mm -hmm. I, I know very much like yourself, like you will deal with an individual 
according to their personal needs too. Yeah, as opposed to being like very tick boxy, checklisty, we don't do that. Yeah, no. Yeah, but absolutely. But so I, I would like to leave you some with defining questions like, where are you are? Where are you right now in your health and well-being journey? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, where would you like to be? You know, and who is supporting you? You, you mentioned this earlier on. Who can you ask to support you in, uh, let's say, like with your healthier eating? Mm. So another thing um, is also be mindful of where those um, where those habits might be kicking in more. So let's say, for instance, you're eating healthy at home, but you aren't eating healthily outside or at work. Mm. Who's around you? Okay. So take a look at your circle of friends or colleagues or what have you. Are they supporting your health goals outside of the home as well? Yes. So there's always um, Rita the feeder from HR. who's always bringing cakes around the office. Always. Every time. Everywhere you go, there's always a feeder. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very true. And then you say, that's lovely, but no, thank you. And it's okay to say no. It's absolutely okay to say no again. Look at these boundaries coming in. What about these boundaries? Yeah. Awesome. Is is that enough? I mean, I've got lots, but I know you got lots. So that's why that's why we got to do a part two. So (laughs) where where can people find you? Where can they hunt you down and understand more about what you do? Where's the links? Where the oh the links? Uh, Can I share with share them with you after? Yeah, yeah, you can do absolutely. But I am on LinkedIn as Coach Gia Lily. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on Facebook as Coach Gia Lily. So there's all sorts. Awesome. Um, and I will be in other places too going forward. Oh, did I tell you I'm a two times um, author as well? You mentioned the book. I was going to say, you, like, you haven't told people. So tell us the name of your books. Oh, yes. It's called Home Working Habits. And that's going to be available very soon through Bookboom, which is a European publishing company. So I will certainly awesome. leave the link with you all there. And it's all about how to manage your uh, working environment at home um, without being distracted. So awesome. being a high performer at home, essentially. High <laughs> performer at home. I love it. I love it. I love it. I should have called it that, you know. <laughs> there you go. High performance work at home. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. That, that can be too. That can be the next book. It certainly can. <laughs> awesome. So ladies, ladies mm-hmm. been awesome. Um, if you want to get your high performance game on, then Gia is the person to speak to. I'm going to leave her links in the in the um, show notes, but drop a follow, leave a review on iTunes, and I'm looking forward to having Gia on a part two. Awesome. Thank you so much, Greg. I've really, really enjoyed our time together. And thank you all for listening. All right. And we'll see you all soon. Take care. Bye-bye.